what is good? Welcome to Spirit Bill Real Talk with Juliana. I am your host, Juliana Page, and I am so excited that you are here. I am an author, a speaker, and a professional life coach, but really, I am here to give you practical wisdom that you can integrate into every area of your life so that you can thrive and not just survive. So if you are ready to live a spirit-led life and level up your inner game so that you can win in your outer game. Let's dive right in. What is good? Welcome back to the Spirit-Filled Real Talk podcast. We have a bit of an interesting word today, but... If you track with me, if you hear me out, I believe that you will be able to integrate this into your life and get massive transformation, okay? If you really hear this and understand this and apply it in your life, you can see by personal experience how this does work and actually changes your life, okay? So it's a doozy. Now, just to set it up or tee it off here, what does it mean Think about it for your own understanding. What does it mean to live a fully expressed life? What does that mean to live fully expressed? If you think about it, what is starting to come up for you? Can you think of anybody in your world who you're like, oh yeah, that person, (laughs) that person definitely lives fully expressed. Or I don't even know how I might go about fully expressing myself. Or I don't think that I have the tools to do that. I think that that would be a nice thing to do, but I don't even feel like I have the tools to practically do that in my own life, right? It's interesting when you think about it. I know for me personally, I had many parts of myself shut off, okay? And I started to live in my head. (laughs) So if you can imagine, if you're only living in your head, you're cut off from the rest of your body, And in a lot of ways, you're out of touch with yourself. And God wants to connect with us in our hearts, okay? So you can imagine if you're only caught up in your head, you're leaning on your own understanding, you're walking in your own logic, you're trying to figure everything out all the time and everything is up to you. It is a very stressful, overwhelming way to live. It's also very limiting. You're cut off from a majority of your being, Okay, and then you can only imagine how that translates into your world, how that affects your relationships, how that affects how you lead, how that affects how you work, how that affects how you parent, how that affects your friendships, how it affects literally everything in your world. Okay, so a fully expressed life, I actually call this a vibrant life right? A vibrant life isn't cutting off parts of yourself where you have rules for what's allowed and what's not allowed and you can't feel this, but you can feel this, right? It's feeling everything. It's being willing to feel everything so that you can express what is most true and authentic for you. And we often do this when we come into relationship with God, right? Because when we're not in relationship with God, how do we know what is true, right? And what is most authentic from our core, right? Is this truth, right? We don't really know until we connect with God. A way that I simplify this is I was really interested in knowing the author of love because it seemed like I kept having problems in relationships, okay? So I'm like, clearly 
I'm learning some lessons in what love is not. So what is it? And how am I actually going to figure that out? I don't want like a string of relationships to figure it out. I want to connect with my creator so I know what's up and I can actually recognize what it is. I can receive it for myself. I can flow it out to other people and I can also receive it from other people. So I really wanted to learn what love is from God's point of view. Okay, I didn't really know what true love was apart from God tracking. And this is true of so many things. Another practical example, I didn't know what the supernatural peace that surpasses all understanding was, right? I thought that I could create it in a yoga class. (laughs) That's what people do. You know, they go and they sit and they breathe and they meditate and they stretch, right? And they just have this holistic experience and suddenly walk in the world with a lot of peace, right? And I'm like, Cool, that sounds like a great plan. I'm going to go do that. Nope. (laughs) I could go and I could do all of that. I literally trained to become a teacher trainer for years, right? So I could do that. However, the minute I leave the class or like a few hours later, I'm back in my reality. So, So where is the supernatural piece, right, that I just worked my whole weekend to create? It ain't there. <laughs> but it prepared me, strangely enough, right? I totally believe that God meets you where you're at. So when I came into relationship with God, he used all those years of just like learning how to sit and be still and change my internal rhythm to slow down to then prep me to be able to be still, to know him and to read his word and study his word, right? Because it's basically like if you can sit on your butt all weekend, then you can sit in your butt and read the word. Okay, you have no excuses. So just two practical examples. I didn't know peace and I didn't know love. So my self, my humble self, went to the creator to start revealing, to start receiving revelation about what those are. So I can know that by personal experience, have that in me and live from that so that I don't keep creating a mess (laughs) in the world, right? So just some ideas, but a vibrant life, back to that real quick is a life full of energy and enthusiasm. You're literally vibrating, you're bright, you're striking, you're full, you're overflowing, right? That is how we are actually designed to live with passion. And passion is this strong, barely controllable emotion, right? Like this strong feeling or emotion, okay? a strong liking or desire, okay? And it's it's what gives us, passion is actually what gives us a boundless energy, intense and single-minded focus and the willpower to overcome even the most daunting obstacles, okay? So just to break this down again, vibrant means full of energy enthusiasm. To me, that is life, right? And God gives us life. He gives us this ability to be full of energy and enthusiasm, expectant, hopeful, full of faith, boldness, courage, right? This energy. God has a makeup, a design that is very different than anything in the world. Have you noticed? (laughs) But we all carry that when we're in relationship with God, right? And he has designed us to live with purpose, right? Purpose is actually the reason for which something is made. So we're all designed with a unique purpose, okay? You know, you could have a calling to serve, right? Which can be expressed in many different assignments. 
but you can have a unique purpose in how you serve and in how you minister and how you express God in the world. You can have a very unique way of doing that, right? And God has formed, shaped, and anointed you to do that in specific ways, right? You are a unique expression of God, okay, in the world. And you are to live with passion. That is a gift. That is a privilege. Have you noticed? Many people don't live with this. And passion, again, is a strong and barely controllable emotion, okay? It's what gives you boundless energy, intense, almost single-minded focus, which again, we want to be single-minded, not double-minded, intense single-minded focus and willpower to overcome even the most daunting obstacles. I don't know about you, but when I am low or when I've hit a low point or greater yet, when you hit a low point and then you realize there's lower to go, (laughs) when you're in there or in that season, what I'm wanting or craving is the purpose. God, what is the meaning of this season? You, you got to give me something because this has to be clear to me and worthwhile to me in order for me to like trek this with you. Like I need more, like help me to see this the way you do so I can have the right perspective about how I show up and how I walk through this and grow through this, right? Also, I want to have passion. I, I need energy to get through this. Like if it's up to me, I'm going to drag through this experience. I'm going to see it wrong. I'm going to probably bully myself in the process. It's just not going to go well. I need your life. I need your energy. I need your strength to show up and walk through this thing. But every day we can live with purpose and passion. Every day is actually a gift. Okay. Every day is a gift. It's not just promise. We're not just entitled to be given another day. All right? So every day is a gift. I I really discovered this. I was in college. I was a freshman in college. Yeah, freshman in college. And I'm starting to realize things like, oh, my identity was caught up in people-pleasing and being useful. (laughs) Now that I'm at college, I'm not as useful, right, as I was in my home. My identity was caught up in athletics, right, and and how I could perform or in academics and what I could achieve there, right? And now I'm being faced with who am I? Why am I here? What, What am I designed to do in the world? How am I going to be successful, right? I had seen people that were quote unquote worldly successful, but they were miserable, right? So how do I go down a path of of truly doing what I'm here to do. Because while other people have told me it's not possible, I believe that I can be wildly successful at what I'm uniquely designed to do. And I actually feel that I won't be successful until I discover that. So I was in like a, you know, midlife crisis. I think they call it a quarter life crisis. Only I'm not sure if I was old enough yet. (laughs) But I was struggling, okay? So I went to this Know Thyself retreat And I was really on this mission to discover who I am and what I'm here to do. And I was really hungry to figure out what is my purpose and how do I live with passion? Because it seems like everything that I put my identity in has been stripped away from me. So what does that mean for me? Okay, and what am I going to make this mean? Or how am I going to show up and make the most of this season? Very heavy and hard to walk out, okay? Now, I'm holding all of these things up up front because something big, 
<laughs> keeps us from living fully expressed. Something big. Are you ready for it? Do you think you might have guessed it? <laughs> Maybe not. It's actually a hard heart. A hard heart keeps us from living with purpose and with passion. Okay? And for me personally, a lot of my hard-heartedness was exposed in relationships. I started to see that as a young person walking through a lot of what I didn't know was trauma, but, you know, later in doing my work, people have called that trauma and all the different things of not being able to process that and unpack that as a young person, I had developed a hard heart. But the hard heart, quote unquote, looked good. Right? It looked good in the sense of like, oh, she's good. She's performing. She's excelling. She's, you know, a really kind and compassionate human. She's very helpful, right? Like, it looks great, right? But a hard heart means I'm totally disconnected from myself. I don't know what I want. I don't know what I need. I don't even know who I am. So, as you can imagine, later in life, it's harder than to show up in relationships. It's harder to find your voice and express yourself. It's harder to bring value to relationships. It's hard not to create a dysfunctional cycle or pattern in a relationship, right? And you can't really get your needs met if you don't know what they are. (laughs) And you can't articulate what you want and ask for it if you don't know what it is, right? So a hard heart was developed in me because it was how I protected myself, okay? And what it ended up doing was I wasn't feeling I literally shut off feeling in my life and I started operating from my head, okay? And I spent a lot of time, energy in my head trying to anticipate things, trying to think them through, but usually like the worst case scenarios. Somehow I learned if I could just anticipate the worst case scenario, then I could be prepared for it and it'll at least be better than the worst case scenario. So that's good, right? Like, and that's probably what everybody does, right? So I was living in this reality of exerting a ton, like massive energy, trying to anticipate what could go wrong so that I could prepare for it or prevent it, okay? So I was living my life that way. Very anxious, right? Although that looked calm, cool, collected on the outside. Very fearful, right? Like just afraid of what would happen. So I'm trying to do all this work to make sure that that doesn't happen. But on the outside, again, looks successful. So this is something subtle, but I'm sharing this because it's important for you to recognize and then be able to check in not only with yourself, but other people as well. Okay. So what was happening there, essentially unhealed trauma and pain hardened my heart so that I shut off feeling and I started operating from my head. Okay. Which means I wasn't able to receive love and give love, okay? And that's ultimately what I desired. I wanted to be worthy, wanted to be valuable, wanted to be seen, right? Wanted to feel significant. These are all very human things. Wanted that, but I was preventing that subconsciously, okay? Because of the way that I was showing up in the world. And then when I, you know, if you think about a relationship too, when you're in a relationship, you want a relationship that's full of purpose and passion, Am I right? Right? Like, you don't want to just have a roommate or be in a a relationship just going through the motions, right? So that's very hard to do when you don't have that kind of relationship with yourself, which means that you don't have it with God, likely, and then you can't create it with other people. So it, it does start with you being connected 
to what purpose and passion means for you so that you can fully receive it and then you can give it and create it, okay? So just for whoever that could be helpful for, a lot of times when we're not experiencing purpose and passion in our life, it's a hardened heart, okay? We start living from our head. We start living disconnected from our heart. So I'm just going to break this down a little bit and then I'm going to give you a very practical way that you can see how to assess where this might have started for you personally and then how you can create change in your life and get that transformation, all right? So, 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 what is a hardened heart? If you were to think about it, a hardened heart is basically a heart that is unmoved by things others would be compassionate about. And a lot of times this is with people that are the most close to us, okay? We just suddenly are just irritated by them. We don't have compassion for them. We just have a hard heart toward them, okay? Right? You can feel it. It's like, why is that person being cold towards me? Like, what's going on there? I feel totally disconnected from them, right? We might say it like that. We're not going to say, oh man, they have a hard heart. (laughs) Probably not going to say that. But spiritually, if you can recognize it, it's super helpful because then you can see what's operating and it can inform your prayer and your intercession as well, okay? At times too, this is a heart that is rebelling against God. And we do this in small and in subtle ways. We rebel against God by running our own lives. Okay, we rebel against God by trying to be a savior and a hero for other people, trying to basically play God in their lives, right? We're not here to do that. We can rebel against God in a lot of ways that we might not necessarily think. Like we've actually convinced ourselves that that's normal and that that's okay. Okay, so a couple of things that you can use as indicators of if your heart is hard are these. A lack of ability to perceive, to remember, or grasp events or ideas coming from God. Okay? An insensitivity to sin and sinfulness. So a lot of times, Holy Spirit will bring conviction, not condemnation, huge difference, but Holy Spirit will bring conviction. Like, oh, like what I said to that person was wrong. I need to go correct that. I need to go apologize and seek forgiveness or wow, like I can see how I'm running my own world. I need to repent for that and invite God into my life and ask him to order my steps, right? So insensitivity to that completely is an indicator of a hard heart. Failure to follow God's commands, the ways of Jesus or the voice of the Holy Spirit. So a lot of times you might hear things like this. I wish I would have listened to my guts. I wish I would have trusted my intuition, This is Holy Spirit, right? We get promptings. We get guidance, right? But a lot of times we ignore it because we've just not been sensitive and we just choose not to follow that good orderly direction, wisdom. We choose to just ignore it or just bulldoze right through it, okay? And we know, strangely enough, that our life is not going to get better for it. (laughs) But we still show up that way. Arrogance and pride is another example, like the complete lack of humility, just kind of this greater than or this entitlement or you should or, you know, this, a lot of times it's high expectations. Like we just expect all of these things of other people and we're not recognizing that it's actually pride and arrogance operating. 
One is easily offended, resentful, or lacks the ability to forgive. A lot of times, too, this can make an appearance as frustration, just like constantly frustrated, stressed out, overwhelmed, right? A lot of times there's some resentment bubbling up behind that. Indifference to the word of God, right? Like you might have once had a hunger for the word of God. You were desperate for it, right? Like you were just like literally, the word talks about panting after it. Like you were just needed it in your life. Like you just knew that this was going to be your game changer, your secret sauce, right? Your, your secret weapon. And then all of a sudden you're like, meh, don't feel like reading it today. And then many days go by, months goes by, six months go by, <laughs> almost the whole year goes by, and you're still just indifferent. And you can't even hear uh, inspired word. You're not even receiving that in the same way if you're listening to a sermon or a message, right? And then also unbelief or drawing away from God. So you can start to see like how you are taking the reins in your life and you're not partnering with God at all anymore. You're just running the show and calling all the shots, okay? And if we think, here's the thing, if we think that a hardened heart only occurs in someone who does not believe in God, right, we're wrong, okay? We're wrong. So we we can have and experience hardened hearts. And a lot of times, again, this can come from pain, this can come from fear, you know, avoiding a painful circumstance from happening again. It can come from unforgiveness, right, which builds into like resentment and depression and all sorts of other things in our life, okay? So anyone's heart can harden. Anyone's heart can harden, okay? It actually talks about in Mark that Jesus' own disciples suffered from this, Okay? They're walking with Jesus and they're suffering from hard hearts, okay? So it can happen and it's something that we just want to be aware of, okay? We want to be sensitive to that because it does have a huge impact on our lives, especially when it comes to living a fully expressed, vibrant life and when it comes to living with purpose and passion, which is a gift and a privilege and something that we can activate and choose to live in and from every day. Okay, so just to break a couple of things down real quick, some warning signs again of a hardened heart. One is just a total lack of understanding. Okay, we just literally do not have patience and we might fail to also understand God's will, his power, his potential. We just totally are not operating in understanding. We may feel like our prayers are unanswered and disbelief might weave through our thoughts, right? And to battle this though, we can ask for forgiveness and ask God to uncover any hardened spots in our hearts and then fill us with understanding, right? Because in our own understanding, we're very limited, right? There could be bitterness and resentment. So we sometimes entertain bitterness or resentment due to hurt, often caused by others, okay? Sometimes this hurt is caused intentionally. Sometimes it's hurt that's caused that's outside of our control, right? But oftentimes it's a misunderstanding. And we might notice an edge or a negativity or a grumbling or a criticalness in the conversations that we're having with those people in our life, okay? We might also hear our inner chatter is extremely negative and heavy, right? And it's really affecting 
us to move with purity and with clarity and, and walk in holiness, right? So think about that. But prayer and forgiveness are very paramount here. And we can really soak in God's truth about this. He actually says in Ephesians, get rid of all bitterness, rage, and anger, brawling and slander, along with every form of malice. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ, God forgave you. Okay? You might notice isolation from God and others. So some folks hide from God or specific people when they're experiencing a hardened heart. Okay, they may grow angry or bitter, so they rely on avoidance. And a clue for this includes avoiding the person with whom they're upset. It could be turning away from the church or distancing ourselves from God or just really distancing ourselves from anything to do with God, period, right? So it, it may also look like just refusing to spend time talking with God and, and getting this situation right. We just avoid it dance around it, but never go near it. We won't face (laughs) what is going on in our lives. Another sign here could be a refusal to forgive, right? That's often a sign of a hardened heart. We can all for all pray to this if we're not careful. And if we're withholding forgiveness, that's usually a huge sign of a hardened heart. So what we can do is is really personalize, memorize, or, or pray prayers of forgiveness for the people that we have a hardened heart towards. It's impossible to have a hard heart when you keep praying (laughs) for the person that has hurt you, honestly. Okay, there could be indifference creeping up. That can be an indicator of a hardened heart. Some people shut down completely to God. They've lost the joy that once resided in them. A lot of times people will say that I just don't see the light in their eyes anymore, right? In the eyes of the window to the soul. So sometimes you can recognize it that way. God in his goodness, though, allows for turnarounds. He changes indifference into a fire that burns for the world to see. So he can take the emotionless and cause praise to travel over our lips and joy to emanate from us. So... If we find ourselves really living with indifference, it's not a safe place, but we can pray and we can just be honest with God. I just love the freedom of that. God, I'm angry. God, I'm really upset that this happened. God, I don't understand. I'm frustrated, right? Like you can literally pour out your heart before God. He's not surprised and he's actually moved (laughs) that you seek him and he wants to heal that for you so you can live in freedom and have and experience this vibrant, abundant life that he's promised. Pride often indicates a hardened heart. It's a form of self-protection. Again, it's how we start again living from our head and not our heart, but pride often keeps us stuck, quite honestly. It leads us to trust ourselves more than God. And we might notice a refusal of God's wisdom or the correction from others that that are good or wise counsel in our lives. We might reject that. So to overcome this, we need God. We have to recognize that we need God. And we realize this and rely on him versus ourselves. We find freedom and we find that our heart starts to soften. Okay. And there could also be a refusal to serve or be ministered to. That could creep up. 
But what the word says about a hardened heart says a few things. It says in Matthew, For out of the heart come forth evil thoughts, murders, adulteries, sexual sins, thefts, false testimony, and blasphemies. Right? That's why we need to guard our heart. In Mark, it says, For they considered not the miracle of the loaves, for their heart was hardened. So we can't perceive miracles and the wonderful things God is doing when our heart is hardened. Proverbs says, Blessed is the man who always fears, but one who hardens his heart falls into trouble. So the fear they're talking about here is the fear of the Lord. Right? Romans 2 says, But according to your hardness, an unrepentant heart... You are treasuring up for yourself wrath. Mm, that one's heavy, right? In Matthew, it says, He said to them, Moses, because of the hardness of your hearts, allowed you to divorce your wives, but from the beginning, it has not been so. Zechariah says, Yes, they made their hearts as hard as a flint, lest they might hear the law and the words of which Yahweh of hosts had sent by his spirit by the former prophets. Therefore, great wrath came from the Yahweh of hosts. Whew, powerful, right? These are words, right? Words about having a hard heart. Words about having a hard heart. So important to just... Look at your heart and what's going on there. What is happening in your heart, right? We've been promised that we're going to receive a new heart versus the stony heart that we used to have, right? But we still have to tend to our heart and pay attention on what is happening there, right? How can we also start softening our hearts? Start studying in the area that we're suffering. Start reading about and studying forgiveness. Ask if there's anything in your heart. Ask God to examine your heart, right? Ask God to examine your heart. Create in me a clean heart, oh God, and renew a right spirit in me. You can ask God to help you with that. Seek first the kingdom and his righteousness, right? Keep your heart with all vigilance, for from it flow the springs of life. So even recognizing that you want different things to be flowing in your life, and you're the short circuit, <laughs> that could create a hunger and an opportunity to grow deeper in God. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. For fear has to do with punishment, and whoever fears has not been protect, perfected in love. So when you recognize, too, that you're not showing up in an authentic way, that could create a hunger in you to change as well, right? If we confess our sins... He is faithful and just to forgive us and cleanse us from all unrighteousness, okay? And if you recognize, too, that, that God wants us to grow and mature in love, and he wants us to grow up in him and, and to be his image and his likeness in the world, we can't do that with hard hearts, okay? And when God can get into our hearts, he can break off all that hardness. He can purify our hearts. He can create a clean heart in you so that you can perceive and receive from him and that you can walk in freedom and righteousness and wholeness, right? Okay, so as I promised, there is a quick way, quick way, deep way, <laughs> you might need to listen to this more than one time, to really just think through where this might have come from. Again, I mentioned, you might wonder, right, why do we do what we do? Or like, 
not everybody, people don't set out to have hard hearts, okay? That's just not what we do, right? And if you picture a child, that's why the word says to, unless you become like a child, you can't enter the kingdom of God, right? A child has this like very pure heart. We love it. That's a lot of times why parents want to like shelter and protect their kids so much. They don't want this precious heart to be hurt, right? So why then do we do what we do? Why do we do these things that just cause suffering and keep us in pain? Why do we do that? We all have a reason, okay? And often that reason is to get our needs met, to get our needs met. So if you can recognize that, if you can understand that, again, it can soften your heart a bit so that you can have more compassion towards others, okay? So there's actually six human needs. And, and these four, these first four that I'm going to mention have to do with your personality and just like your primal basic needs. And then the last two have to do with your spirituality. Okay. So the first one, recognize that everybody wants stability about their basic necessities. Okay. Food, shelter, material resources. And when people can't control their physical circumstances, they may seek certainty through a state of mind, okay? So the first need that we have is a need for certainty. We need to feel certain, like especially in the world that we're living in now, we need things to be certain. We want to have certainty to avoid pain and to feel comfortable and to feel safe. That is a huge need that we have. Another need that we have People have a need to change their state, to exercise their body and emotions. Therefore, they seek variety through a number of means, through like an external stimuli of some kind, through a change of scenery, through physical activity, mood swings, entertainment, food, etc. Right? So when you think about that, we all have a need for variety, for surprise, which is a lie. We only like surprises that we want. We don't want bad surprises. <laughs> Any surprise that we don't want is called a bad surprise, right? But we do have a need for uncertainty in our life and to experience variety, okay, and some spontaneity. Another need, everybody needs to feel special and important in some way, and people will seek significance through obtaining recognition from others or from themselves. When people feel insignificant, they may make themselves feel significant by getting angry, okay? We don't always get our needs met in positive ways, all right? I'll get there in a second. Others might try to feel significant due to the size of the complexity of their problems. So sometimes people even get caught up in problems because it makes them feel significant. All right. So the third need is a need for significance. Humans need to feel connected with someone or something, a person, an ideal, a value, a habit, or a sense of identity. All right. Connection may take the form of love or it may be created by a sense of belonging or on a spiritual sense, okay? So a lot of times people can fulfill their need for connection and love in positive or negative ways. So the fourth need is connection or love. And some people settle just for connection, not love, all right? The fifth need, and now we're moving into spiritual, is to recognize first that everything is either growing or dying. If you're 
a, a life listener to this podcast, you probably heard me say that. Literally, we're either growing or we're dying. If we're not growing, we're dying, okay? It doesn't matter how much money you have, how many people acknowledge you or what you've achieved. Unless you feel like you're growing, you will be unhappy and unfulfilled, okay? We're designed to grow. We're designed to evolve. We're designed to go from faith to faith and from glory to glory. And when we don't, we're not growing, all right? And the last need. So that need is for growth. And the last need is contribution. We all have a deep need to go beyond ourselves and to live a life that serves the greater good. Okay. In the moments that we do this, we experience true joy and fulfillment. And contribution is the ultimate secret to the joy that so many people wish to have in their lives. Okay. So all of those needs, just breaking them down again, Certainty, we want to avoid pain. We want to be comfortable. We want to be able to predict things to feel safe. Uncertainty, often the opposite. We want surprise. We want adventure. We want variety. We want the spice of life, right? The next one, significance. We want to feel unique, special, important. And we can do this in giving. We can also do this by being needy. The fourth need, connection and love. This can be found in friendship, in sports, in prayer, in nature, even in problems and creating problems. Growth is the next need and contribution is the sixth need, okay? So the reality is we do what we do to get our needs met, okay? And we can meet them in positive, negative, or even neutral ways, okay? And we all value these needs differently. We don't all value them equally, okay? And we could have the same need, but meet it with a different roadmap or rule, okay? Or or meaning. But we destroy, this is important, because we destroy dreams and literally break our values to meet our own needs, okay? So we're actually seeing that a lot in the world right now. There could be a value for one thing, but authority might tell you to do something else. So you break your value for certainty and for security, right? You break your value for that. Or we could see, you know, people people might lie <laughs> and go against what they value, right? To create certainty in a relationship. Or we might destroy a dream. We might sabotage a dream something that we deeply desire and that we do want to feel safe. We, we don't want to feel unsafe. We don't want to feel insecure. We don't want to lose our sense of significance. So if we just can get caught up in this self-destruction, we don't have to experience the deep pain that we're trying to avoid, right? So think about that. The, the reality is, though, when you recognize what your needs are that are driving your life, Okay, you can actually shift the needs. This is really wild, right? So in in my own life story, just to give you an example, I was driven by love and connection. I felt like love was something that could be lost, something that could be taken from me, something that I had to work for, something that I had to prove, something that I had to get right? I had to to work for that. So I was very, very hungry for love and connection. 
I felt completely disconnected from a lot of things that happened in my life very early on, right? So I felt connected when I was able to have and experience that with other people, when I was able to help them in some sort of way. Um, it also was tied to significance too. So connection, love, and significance. But I also needed certainty, right? You can tell from the beginning of this message when I was talking about how I was always trying to anticipate things to avoid pain. <laughs> I was living in trying to control, right? And trying to have things figured out so that I could buffer myself from experiencing another blow, right? It was self-protection. I didn't feel safe. I didn't feel like I could trust myself, other people, life, obviously not God, right? So I was creating this self-protection all around myself. But my needs, I would say if I were to look at them, they were mainly certainty and love and connection. It, I mean, I was like crying for those two things, right? On the inside, I'm like screaming out for those things, okay? But what's important to recognize is that there's, again, positive ways to meet these needs and negative ways to meet these needs, okay? So positive ways, you know, if we want to get our needs met, you know, you might exercise, you might pray, you might have date nights, you might have ongoing education or ongoing learning, you might eat a certain way, you might make sure that you sleep, you might prepare for things in advance, right? You might uh, be involved in service. These could be positive ways of getting your needs met. You might do some disempowering things to get your needs met. You might get lost in Netflix. You might scroll and compare yourself to other people on social media. You might start trying to control other people. You might give people unsolicited advice, right? You might question other people. You might become very performance-driven or even confrontational because you think that you know it all <laughs> and that you're the authority in other people's lives. You might be caught up in a lot of judgment and criticizing of not only yourself, which I call bullying, and other people, right? You might be caught up in a habit that is not serving you just to get your needs met, right? Like even folks that smoke, a lot of times that's from a need for certainty, right? When they just can like breathe in a cigarette and like breathe it out, <laughs> they feel a sense of certainty and there's relief in that, right? But I would challenge you if you just do some deep breathing, it has the same effect. Anyway, so you can see that there's positive ways and negative ways to get your needs met, okay? And we have two needs, usually top two needs that are driving our life. And when we can see that, we can also then ask ourselves, what is it costing us? So for example, when I was valuing certainty and significance, which is where a lot of the world is right now, right? I, I need to feel valuable. I need to feel useful, right? And I need things to be certain. Living that way was costing me progress. It was costing me success. It was costing me being authentic. It was costing me freedom. It was costing me impact and the change that I wanted to have. It was costing me love. It was costing me like literally my life. And I just kept driving that way because I needed to have my needs met. Okay. And I could not see what was happening there. And then when I was starting to think about where I wanted to go, I knew continuing to live that way was not going to give me those results or those outcomes in my life. Right. It was a hardened heart that made me think that that was the right way to get my needs met. Okay, so then repenting, turning my life over to God, deciding to trust God, deciding to walk in faith, right? Then I could be open to getting my needs met in another way. Okay, so I started to recognize that if I could value <laughs> growth and contribution as my top two needs, 
right? Then I'd be full and I'd always have something valuable to give. I'd be focused on what I can give. I'd be focused on living in the moment. I'd stack value in my life. And I'd really have an experience more of what it is that I do truly value in my life. And I'd be walking in a lot of freedom and authenticity as well, just by changing the needs that are driving my life, right? Like if I recognize that I can't create certainty and control is extremely limiting, I can trust God, right? Or if I recognize that I'm already significant and I don't need to work for it, but I can create a significant life, right? Different. And I can do that through constantly growing so that I actually have something to give and then sharing that with the world, which is contributing to the world, right? So even just changing those values helped me recognize the invisible forces that were really controlling my life. And that changed everything for me and it can absolutely change anything for anyone because we all have these needs. It doesn't matter where you are in the world, we all are driven to have our needs met, right? Which is different than desires. We have desires, but you can have a desire and you still need to get your need met, (laughs) right? You will destroy a desire just to get your needs met, just like a dream, right? So we can't fully live a vibrant life full of passion, right? When we're trying to live a life of certainty, we just can't, right? And the order of the needs in your life, especially your top two, will change the quality of your life, okay? So what makes a significant life are the things that make us grow and contribute. That's how you create a significant life by growing and contributing, not by trying to control or trying to prove your worth. Can you see the difference? So for me, I believe that growth is is from partnering with God, right? And then contribution is doing exploits like it talks about in Daniel for myself and for other people, okay? And then that leads to a very graceful, significant, authentic life, which I was not living before, okay? So breakthrough is a shift in perception and that can happen when you can see where you're caught up in fear, where you're, you've been led by a faulty belief system, I call it BS, right? <laughs> and you can recognize that you can break through that into the new reality that God has for you. God didn't want me to live kind of in chaos, right? Or a life of feeling insignificant, right? God wants us to live as bold people, as courageous people, as worthy people, as significant people. And when we live that way, we show up differently, okay? So all this to say, let me do a recap here. A vibrant life is a fully expressed life. It's full of purpose. It's full of passion, right? And it's driven by having our needs met by God, right? And having our needs in the right order so that we can fully express who we're formed, shaped, and anointed to be in the world. And what often prevents us from doing that is having a hard heart. Because when we have a hard heart, we're disconnected from good orderly direction. We're disconnected from wisdom. We're disconnected from the leadership of the Holy Spirit. We're just disconnected in general from ourselves and from other people. And that cuts off the flow, not only of what I just said, wisdom, 
but it shuts off the flow of love. It shuts off the flow of connection. It shuts off the flow of creativity. It shuts off the flow of authenticity. And we just start controlling and trying to manipulate outcomes in our life. And we end up very stressed out and very frustrated. And a lot of high achievers too will be like, I'm not stressed. (laughs) Or I'm not afraid. I'm just stressed, right? Stress is fear to a high achiever. Okay. Don't be fooled. When we are just doing all of the time, and we're stressed out and we're busy, it's because we're driven by fear, right? When you are full of peace, when you are full of love, when you are full of trust, you move different. And you can live in the present moment without running from it. And when you see fear, you can learn how to dance with it and how to use it, right? So that it loses its power and that you can grow and you can break through, okay? And as believers, too, we have the opportunity to live a life of constant breakthrough. We get to live a lifestyle of breakthrough. We're constantly getting these shifts in perspective, shifts in perception and shifts in perspective. We're constantly renewing our mind. We're being led and guided. We're doing exploits with God, right? We're stepping into new things all of the time. We're living present to what is, right? We're growing and changing all of the time. So we always have something to contribute. Okay, I know this is a loaded message, but hopefully this is giving you some ahas and like, oh my goodness, this is super powerful, super powerful. Okay, so if you want to go deeper on any of this, I encourage you to do so, right? There's only so much running and numbing we can do from our own lives. And if we think we could be successful with just ignoring our inner life, we are deceived, right? But if you want to become spiritually rich, And that's more than just wealthy on the outside, spiritually rich, right? Whole, free, authentic, purposeful, full of passion, right? If you want to do this inner work, make sure that you visit julianapage.com for professional master life coaching. There are sessions and different package options that you can invest in over there. So make sure that you explore that. I also offer free consultations just to see if we would be a good fit to work together. So you can go fill out a form to schedule a call and we can make that happen. And also, if you've not applied to the God's Vibes Mastermind, this is your reminder. This is a great opportunity to learn how to really partner with God in your life, to reclaim your spiritual authority, to learn what it means to rule and reign in your life, to take dominion, to steward well what God has given you, to continue to grow in your spiritual leadership, your self-mastery. The success strategy is outlined in the word of God. Huge. And this is a, it's designed to be a three-month program, but you actually get lifetime access to it. And anytime I do a new teaching or a new workshop or masterclass, I give that information to you for free. Okay. And there's weekly live coaching and there's also prayer calls. So this is a incubator basically to help you show up as your highest self in your life and practically be doing that surrounded by a community of people that want to do the same. So if you've not applied to that, this is your reminder to do so. There's also a lot of great resources over at julianapage.com. You can get plugged into my weekly newsletter. You can also get plugged into different books that I have over there. 
that could really meet you where you're at in your life. So make sure that you go visit julianapage.com. You can also follow me on the social medias, which you can find at julianapage.com. All the quick links are there. I would love to hear and connect with you. And until next time, stay blessed. Bye.